0: Welcome in to another edition of the WISSPORTS.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, General Manager at WISSPORTS.net and your host for the WSN podcast as we head into the halfway mark of the high school football season. Week 5 underway in high school football here on Thursday, September 16th. We are, what, I guess at halftime of all the games this week, technically at the midpoint Of the regular season which means it's all downhill from here not in a bad way but as in things roll in the second half you you start firing up these uh, conference races really get locked in tight you get some great games at the end of the season you get some teams that maybe drop out of that conference title race and instead turn their focus to just making the playoffs and of course that final week of the regular season that final friday night is a mad dash as everybody tries to Figure out if they're in, where they're going to go, what division they're going to be in, all that good stuff, not that far away, and we can start using that P word, playoffs. Again, heading into week five, that means we got four weeks under our belt. Just taking a quick look back at last week. um, I I mentioned it, and you saw it, in our prep props that we do every week, every Monday which highlights the top individual offensive statistical performances of the previous week. There were some big performances last week. There were, uh, what was it, two, four, six, seven, seven players that ran for over 280 yards. Three of them went for over 300, led by Aiden Gardner from Medford, who had 352 yards and four touchdowns. It was a big week throwing the football for a number of players as well. Seven players through for more than 300 yards. Big week, big week receiving as well. Six players over 200 yards receiving. And I mentioned that, and I mentioned it on Twitter the other day, just to kind of highlight, sometimes people are upset that, you know, a player that they follow or their kid or, or that player Had a nice game, had a big game, but wasn't nominated for player of the week on our site on WisSports.net. And sometimes it's just because there's a lot of really good performances. We usually have in the state of Wisconsin around 25-ish players every week rush for over 200 yards. We usually have 30 to 35 or more that throw for more than 200 yards So there's a lot of really good performances when you're talking about 400, almost 400 teams. So yeah, you might have ran for 130 yards and that's a great game. But you also have to keep it in context. And the other thing we try to do with those Player of the Week awards is, and, and Team of the Week for that matter, it's not who had the biggest stats. It is... Who had an impact? Who made an impact in a big situation in a big game? Um, it, it's not just who ran for the most yards. I mean, you can run for 80 yards and have a, a a more meaningful impact on a big game than somebody that runs for 300 yards. If you're you know, if you run for 300 yards against an overmatched opponent, you're probably not going to be a nominee for player of the week. Um, if you run for 80 yards and do some other nice things against a a rival in a very close game and a big game and an upset you know that's kind of what we're looking for more on some of those so uh, I'll just toss that out there to begin with uh, as we look back at last week um, yeah some some interesting results last week of course you know we, we had the, the quick trip game of the week, a great game once again, perhaps the best high school football atmosphere that, that I have been to to be quite honest with you. It was a regular season game, but man, it had everything you wanted. Over 5,000 fans in attendance down there in Muskego. You had a, a great game between undefeated teams, Muskego and Maguanago. It was a very close, competitive game. Muskego got out early. It was 17 nothing at halftime, but Maguanago, uh stayed at it and made it a one-score game late. Muskego didn't really capitalize on putting the game away and let Maguana go hang around, but ultimately Muskego won that one 20-14, running their winning streak to 41 games. But it was not the only big game on the schedule, certainly. Um, Colby and Edgar lived up to the hype, uh, low-scoring game into the fourth quarter before Colby pulled away for a win over Edgar, and we'll talk about what that meant in the coach's poll in just a little bit. You had Slinger taking down Homestead, who had been the second-ranked team in Division II after uh, that impressive win over Arrowhead a few weeks ago. You had some big rivalry games. Plymouth beat Kewaskum, uh a big rivalry game there. And how about the Plymouth defense? They have 11 interceptions on the season heading into Week 5, and five of them were returned for touchdowns, including two last week. So you had some big performances there. You had... Uh, again, some big individual performances. Some of them you know came in in big games and in, in some upsets and rivalry type games. Taylor Walter from Watertown had uh, a big game uh, two hundred and thirty six yards five touchdowns as Watertown beat beaver dam forty nine forty one the ninety ninth meeting between those teams. Uh, Spring Valley beat uh, d six third ranked Boyceville thirty five to six. It wasn't a that close of a game, but Obviously, anytime you can beat the third-ranked team in the state, that's pretty impressive. Connor Ducklow had a nice game uh, on, on both sides of the ball. Leo Brastowitz from Wisconsin Rapids was actually our player of the week as voted by the fans this week. Uh, Rapids beat Wausau West 36-20. Brastowitz had 229 yards, five touchdowns. Uh, really carried the load for Rapids in that one. Um yeah, so some some big games and uh, mentioned Edgar, you know, we were kind of curious what was going to happen with the Wildcats losing for the second time. They lost a a, a really close game, I think it was a one-point game even against Stratford earlier in the season in non-conference and then to lose that one to Colby. After they lost to Stratford, they stayed number 1, but with two losses, they did not stay number 1 this week, dropped down to 3rd. Bangor moved into the top spot in the coaches' poll on Wisports.net in Division Five, um, but Edgar still a, a very strong contender for a state title. And depending on what happens with Regis, if they drop down or not, uh, you know, quite honestly, I think Edgar might be still be the favorite, if not one of the favorites in Division Seven this season. So, uh, yeah, and, and you know. Quick Trip Game of the Week, another good one this week. Uh, we had some good nominees. You know, we didn't have that that monumental type game of the century, game of the year type type game, but some good games on the schedule. Uh, the Quick Trip Game of the Week, though, is Reidsville at Hilbert. That's the one I'll be going to. Looking forward to it. I've seen Hilbert, I believe, just one time perhaps at the state finals. It was, uh, I think, it was a decade ago or more now when they were there last. I have not seen Re- uh, Reidsville, have never been to Hilbert for football or otherwise. So looking forward to, to making the trek over there, getting to see a little bit different part of the state than I have uh, in, in most cases. So that's the quick trip game of the week. Also, uh, a number of other good games, of course, including some cross-town, intra-city type matchups. You've got the battle for Brookfield, East and Central. Now, Central is not doing very well so far. Uh, They are 1-3 this year. Brookfield East is undefeated, though. But one of those teams is represented in the Division II state title game every year uh, from 2016 to 2019, uh, the last year that we had state finals, 2019. So you can't overlook anything there. Really going to be uh, interested to follow and watch what happens in the Tosa East-Tosa West showdown. It's been a while since... That crosstown rivalry meant something, uh, but Tulsa West is one of the great stories of this season. They they had a very good 2020. They you know they we didn't expect much out of them, but they went out went four and two against a schedule that included all playoff teams from the season before, and uh, they have kept it going and built on it even more this season. So impressive what they have done, averaging 67 points a game, and they've only thrown the ball twice all year. The power T that they have uh, installed there under Andy Colstead just uh, running rampant right now. Over 500 yards per game, they average 14 yards per carry. They average just incredible what they have been able to do. Tosa East, though, very looking very good. They're three and one. Uh, Thomas Harper has over 1,000 passing yards. Jaden Lohr averages more than 100 yards on the ground. So you've got that one. Uh, then also the Slider Bowl down in Lake Mills. Lakeside Lutheran and Lake Mills. Schools separated uh, by less than a mile just down the street from each other. Uh, that game is at Lakeside Lutheran. Now they they've taken a step back a little bit maybe from where they were last season, but always a fun game. Some other games on the schedule of note. You've got Madison Memorial and Sun Prairie here in the Madison area. In the Madison area, I guess I should say. Um, Madison Memorial, you know, it's it's interesting. They didn't play last year. They didn't look very good early on, but they have continued to get better and in, in taking big leaps forward uh is each each and every week. But Sun Prairie sure has seemed like they are at a different level than everybody else in the Big Eight Conference this season. Uh, just dominating, incredibly talented under Brian Kaminsky. I know there's uh, certainly a sense of urgency with the Cardinals since next season that school is going to split into two. All the players are going to split, go to either Sun Prairie West, which is the new school, or East, which is the uh, the the original or not the original, but the the older school, if you will, which is still a very new school. Um, so, you know, there, there's that urgency around Sun Prairie who's been to the state title game a, a couple times recently, but one of the most talented teams in the state for sure. Heading back into the uh, Milwaukee area, a couple games in the north shore of Note. Hartford is at Cedarburg. Homestead is at Whitefish Bay. Those are outstanding matchups. Um, not a, not a lot going on in the Madison area uh, in Southwest Wisconsin, to be honest with you. In uh, in the in the Fox Valley, we've got a couple nice games in the FVA. Cocona is playing Oshkosh West. West is uh, kind of a nice pleasant surprise this year. Nina is at Appleton North, and interested to see how Appleton North responds. They suffered their second loss of the year last week against rival Kimberly. Um, so how are they gonna how are they gonna respond? Big one in the FRCC North. Bayport seems to be back. To the the kind of Bayport that we have come to expect lately, they did not do well in that spring season. Uh, two and five lost the last five games of the year, but they are undefeated so far. They're back in the top ten of the coaches' poll, as as we have come to expect. And they take on a DePere team that is is looking to show that last year was not a fluke. They were undefeated last year, but did not play all of the top teams in that. Redesigned, adjusted uh, Fox Valley uh, Classic Conference (FVCC). It was in the spring. They didn't play Fond du Lac or Kimberly or Appleton North. Now they did beat Bayport in the spring, but you know an opportunity for DePere to to kind of do it. Not necessarily when it counts because things still counted in the spring. But when things are more back to normal and there's a traditional conference title on the line potentially, and there's. You know, a a high seed in the playoffs and the potential for a deep playoff run. Oh, excuse me. Uh, The potential for a deep playoff run on the line. So that's going to be a great game up in that area. Also in the FRCC North, Manasha and West appear. Now we had been used to seeing those teams battle it out in the Bay Conference for many years. Um, When Manasha had moved over there from the FVA, they had really dominated that league. Uh, But now in the FRCC... And now, uh, this this crossover game it does count in the standings. So, you know, not not the the game that we have seen in the past from from these two teams because they're they're just not where they have been. Especially West Appear, who's one and three. Uh, we're we're used to seeing them as one of the top teams in the state, uh, but just not the case right now. The Flyway Conference we've talked about that before. Things really turned upside down uh, this year. You know, Lomira and Amro haven't won a conference game yet after going undefeated last year uh, in the springtime. Uh, Springs is struggling a little bit again, you know, up and down. They played a good schedule, but, you know, we, we don't know about Springs yet. And so it's allowed some teams like Campbell Sport to step up and, and kind of change the, the dynamic of that conference. And Campbell Sport will play at St. Mary Springs this week with another chance to show that, you know, things are changing in the flyway. In the north central part of the state, some good games, some really good games in the Valley Football Association. Marshfield is 3-1. Uh, and one. They are taking on uh, D.C. Everest. D.C. Everest, they had won the conference championship, uh, I think maybe a couple times recently, but not quite at that level right now. Um, so... You know, we're, we're, we're still waiting to see just how good D.C. Everest is, but it should be a good game between these, these old F, or, uh, WVC rivals. And then Wisconsin Rapids at Stevens Point, the 106th meeting between these two teams. They're both 2-0 in league play. Rapids is 2-2 overall, which, you know, might not stand out at you, but their losses are to Muskego, number one team in Division One, and Sun Prairie, the number four team, in Division 1, and they were competitive in those games. They weren't, you know, 50 to nothing blowouts or anything like that, especially the Muskego game. They were, they were very competitive in that one, and so the, the Raiders have, have taken that, uh, you know, experience they got in the non-conference and are looking very good in the regular, excuse me, in the conference season, including, as we talked about a little bit earlier, that win over Wausau West, which uh, garnered a Player of the Week award for, uh, for Brostowitz. Rhinelander is at Medford. We talked about Medford a little while ago. Their uh, they're running back in Gardner had a huge game last week, over 350 yards, but Rhinelander is undefeated coming in. Got a pretty good running back of their own in Neri. Um, some good small school games. We talked about Colby beating Edgar last week, and, and they've got to get right back at it because they have a big rivalry game against Abbotsford. These teams are only, uh, schools are only, A few miles away, I think it's 3.1 miles away or something like that uh, from each other. I believe they uh, co-op together for youth football, perhaps. And uh, just uh, a really good game on the schedule. Abbotsford is ranked 5th in D6. Colby is ranked 2nd in D6. Both teams are undefeated. So looking forward to a good one there. How about the, the CWC Large? One of the best small school leagues in the state. Certainly. And we've got some really good games out of that conference. Amherst is at Spencer Columbus Catholic. Amherst is undefeated. Spencer Columbus Catholic is 2-2. Two and, two, and you might think, well, so what? Except, think back to last year. Last game of the regular season. Spencer Columbus Catholic wasn't having a great year. But they shocked Amherst 30-29 to in that last game of the regular season. So a little bit of a revenge opportunity for Amherst. Stratford is at Nakusa, uh, Nakusa. you know, they haven't played the tough teams in the league necessarily yet, but they're 3-1. and one. Stratford is undefeated and already has the win over Edgar in non-conference and has some, some great games awaiting in the CWC Large, a, a league they moved into technically last year out of the Merriwood. And then a replacement game on the schedule, Wittenberg-Burnhamwood, who is two and 2-2 two on the standings on paper, but on the field... They have just one loss. they had to forfeit a week one 53 nothing blowout of Northland Pines due to use of an ineligible player. Of course the the interesting part about that is that Northland Pines uh, a week later canceled their season but still ends up being a forfeit loss for Wittenberg Burnham Wood, they will travel to Mosinee, a bar a bigger school, you know the kind of uh, uh large large er versus smaller, matchup that we we have seen in the north part of the north central part of the state uh, a few times and uh, Mozney Trevor, Trevor Garski uh, just on fire the last couple games averaging 300 yards a game in the last two 10 touchdowns no interceptions near perfect passer rating including a couple of weeks ago when he set a new state record 17 of 17 throwing the football In the Eau Claire area, you've got New Richmond at Chippewa Falls. New Richmond is the the new kid on the block in the Big Rivers Conference. They've they've been there before, went back to the middle border, and now back in the Big Rivers, looking to prove they can hang and and be a a legitimate contender and have an opportunity to do so against a very good Chippewa Falls team. The Mississippi Valley Conference uh, has a couple nice games this week. Lacrosse Central coming off a, a nice win over Onalaska. Travels to River Falls, who, as their faithful have reminded me many times on Twitter, do not want to be in the Mississippi Valley Conference and can't wait until next year when they are back in the Big Rivers and out of the MVC. They don't want to be there, but you know what? If they're there, they're they're a contender to win the conference championship for sure. Um, maybe not, you know, quite at the level they were a couple years ago when they won. Uh, Big Rivers Conference Championships, but still a very good team and still good enough, I think, to win potentially the uh, the MVC. You also have West Salem at Sparta. Uh, West Salem has looked very good. Another team that didn't want to be in the Mississippi Valley Conference when they were moved there a few years ago as the smallest team in the league. Um, you know, we heard uh, you know objections from them at at the uh, the uh, Board of Control meetings and and didn't feel like they would be able to compete, but Right now, they're three and zero overall, two and zero in conference. They've got back to back shutouts. Uh, allowed just uh, maybe they haven't had back to back shutouts, but they've allowed just seven points all year. I do know that. Uh, and they play a Sparta team that's that's looking pretty good once again. Um, a couple a uh, couple interesting games on not on Friday on Thursday night. We do have uh, big games uh, on the schedule: Fort Atkinson and Port uh, Portage. You've got Lake Country Lutheran and Martin Luther. And then uh, a pretty big one up in the in the Eau Claire area, Durand and Regis. Saturday, I really like the Jefferson at Edgewood game. Not only because it is another home game for Edgewood that I hope everybody cheers really, really loud for. But also, it's an opportunity for Edgewood to show that they can compete for a title in the Rock Valley Conference. They're going to have some... Some tough physical football games in that league. And this is uh, one of them this week as they welcome in Jefferson, a team that loves to run the football, but last week came up short against Monroe. So Jefferson looking to get back on track this week as well. So there you have it, a rundown of some of the big games on the schedule for week five of the high school football season. We'll have some, uh, some more stuff next week that, uh, you know, as we hit this midpoint of the season, we're going to have a lot of kind of mid season content. First of all, we'll have the semi for our WSN senior football awards, anywhere from 15 to 25, depending on the position, the strength of the position, all those good things. Um, uh, semi-finalists for, for each position. So you can look for those on, on WSN next week. And we'll also do some mid season awards, uh, you know, surprise team um, teams that are, you know, doing better than we thought they would. Maybe, you know, some some players that are in the running as of right now for some of those major awards: offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, things like that. Uh, we'll take a look at some of those uh, those things next week as we hit the halfway mark, and we will also start next week our weekly playoff breakdown where we'll take a look at the teams that have already clinched a postseason spot. And you do that by winning four conference games, because everybody is going to play seven conference games, or at least be credited with seven conference games on their standings. So we know know a little bit more, and it's a little easier to follow, certainly, uh, as opposed to in the past when, Sometimes you had to win five games to clinch a playoff spot. If you were in the Big Eight, for instance, you had to go five and four. Sometimes you only had to win two games to at least become playoff eligible. We'll talk about what all those different things mean, obviously. But uh, for instance, the Capital South, the last couple years, only had four teams. So you only had to win two games to get to 500, which in the last half dozen years or so has guaranteed that you will make it to the playoffs. So our playoff breakdown will will identify all the teams that have clinched a playoff spot, as well as those teams that need one more victory to clinch a postseason spot. Again, it's it's going to be a little easier. It's going to be more cut and dried. You don't have anybody that will finish exactly 500 or have the ability to finish exactly 500. So that takes away that that uh, that part of it of uh, becoming playoff eligible. You know, everybody will either clinch a, a playoff spot or or not and and then some of them will get in with three and four records in the league and have to sit through the tiebreaker process. So it'll be a little bit more straightforward than what we've had to deal with in the past few years, um, but we'll take a look at that. We will not um, get into projecting the playoff field quite yet. Usually we do that after Week 7, where we'll sit down, pick winners and losers in every game of Week 8 and 9, that will allow us to put together a projected playoff field, start to get a better feel for where teams might fall divisionally, what teams are going to be on that cut line, on the bubble. That every year there's some surprises. Um, you know, whoever it might be, whether it's uh, Edgar falling down to D7 a couple years ago, Catholic Memorial dropping down to Division 4, uh, Menominee moving down to Division 3. I, I still remember. Vividly, and I'll tell the story because he's retired now. Um, Coach Labuda asking me, uh, you know, about it after we had done our projections one week, and I said, "Yeah, I think, I think you're going to go to Division 3. oh no, there's no way. We've never been Division Three before. We're always Division Two. That's where we're going to be. And I said, "Okay, well, we'll see. We'll see." And we got talking about it, and said, "All right, well, here you know, let, let's put a little wager on it, Coach. If uh, if you end up in Division Three as I think you will." You got to send me a Menominee shirt, and if you end up in Division Two, as you think you will, I'll send you a WSN shirt. Okay, so so we made our, our little wager. And sure enough, a few months later, I got my Menominee shirt in the mail because Menominee did go to Division Three that season. And uh, again, those are the things that we will start to get a better idea on as we get a little bit later in the year and do some of those projections, and and you will see. On our message board, which I certainly encourage people to check out, that there will be some people that may give it a shot a little bit earlier that will project who will be in after week five or six even, I'm not sure, um, and, and go through projections and go through cut lines and who's going to be in which division. Um, and certainly they they, they have do a good job with that, have done a good job with it. But for, for us, that we'll publish on WSN, we will wait until after week seven. But it is fun to get back to talking about this stuff, uh, this kind of stuff, talking about conference title races, talking about a nine game regular season, talking about that Friday night, the last week of the regular season, when we go through all of the tiebreaker scenarios to determine who's in. Hopefully we're going to get back to doing our live stream again, once uh, once again this year uh, on Facebook to, to help break it down and, and everybody can join in and, and join in the conversation. Um, stay up late, have our coffee, have our, uh, you know, whatever, whatever else as we wait the first, the division, the official, excuse me, the official playoff qualifying field and divisional placements from the WIAA. And then a little bit later, the official, uh, assignments for regional groupings and the seating, which as a reminder will be done via the computer or automated seating this season. So that should come out earlier, obviously, than, than what we used to have where coaches had to go to seating meetings on Saturday. Uh, so we will have that you know, late into the night on Friday, early, early, early morning on Saturday. Uh, so we'll stay up and and break all that down. And it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what that auto seating does this year because technically last year was the first year for it, but we didn't really get a good feel for what it meant, what it changed, what it helped, whether it worked or not, because there were so many forfeits last year that got factored into that seeding criteria. You know, you might have gone undefeated on the field, but you had to, you know, cancel a game or two here or there that you got credited with a forfeit loss, um, or teams got credited with forfeit wins, played a replacement game and lost, and, you know, the, the win was factored in, and, and so it was really hard to tell What it all meant. But this year, with a more regular season and also an adjustment on behalf of the WIAA, so that only games that you play are factored in to the seeding formula. If you forfeit a a game or if you get a forfeit from somebody else, that is not included in the seeding criteria. It is factored in to your qualification but not for seating. Only games that you play and all games that you play are counted for that auto, auto seating. So if you schedule a replacement game, that game is going to be counted towards your seating. So we'll we'll see again how much this may change or, and how you know some of the the little peccadilloes and peculiarities that might uh, come out of the, the formula, that the WI may want to take a look at adjusting or tweaking or you know changing the levers of what percentages, uh, what what criteria get what percentages, um, and just as a, a reminder and, and disclosure, that was a process that I was involved with through the WFCA to help develop that auto seating formula and process, uh, is and also the uh, the statewide conference realignment so. So yeah, we've got a lot to look forward to coming up, and we have a lot to look forward to here in Week 5. Good games on the schedule, beautiful weather, it looks like maybe a little bit of rain perhaps, but hopefully we don't have the the storms that we had back in, what was it, Week 2 when things just got got thrown haywire. But uh, it's going to be a nice weekend, up into the 80s, into the weekend, so good night to get out and see some high school football. Um, you know, it's it's... It's gonna go fast. There's some good things going on, you know. Knock on wood, but uh, you know you you want to take advantage of seeing the teams and and players while you can, because you never know if if they might have to put the brakes on and take a week off or take a couple weeks off, uh, either because of something in their program or or the opponents. Um, So get out to a game. Get out to a game. Check it out, and uh, and stay into it and. As always, make sure you follow along on Wisports.net. We've got new content coming out every single day. You can find all the scores, all the standings, all the rosters, schedules, stats, leaders, coaches, polls, Team and Player of the Week, Quick Trip, Game of the Week nominees, all that stuff on Wisports.net. Of course, check out our social channels. You can follow me on Twitter, at TravisWSN. Check out at Wisports.net. You can follow at, uh, at FootballWSN to get all final scores right in, to your timeline on Twitter as they come into our site and uh, make sure you like us on Facebook as well. But that'll do it for today. Heading into week five of the high school football season. This has been a wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson. We'll see you at a game.